Now listen, you two knuckleheads have split our locker room in half. And when it comes to locker rooms, I like them just like my mother's bathing suits. I only want to see them in one piece, you hear? So we fixing this. Tell me what the biggest issue you got with each other. Go. He's a piece of shit. If his brain was on fire, I wouldn't piss in his ear. Well, hey, you don't need to be best friends to be great teammates. Think about Shaq and Kobe, right? Lennon and McCartney. Heck, even Woody and Buzz got under each other's plastic. Wasn't Woody made out of cloth? Yeah, I appreciate you, neighbor. Now's not the time. You know what all those dynamic duos had in common? Mutual respect. Y'all gotta find some common ground. So who wants to get the ball rolling? I do. Nate, that's a very nice suit. I think you look chic. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's actually only the second suit I've ever owned. Uh, the first one was my suit when I was a naked baby. So it's funny when Ted says it. I... Well, the term birthday suit would have helped oh, you a ton there. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, let's try this again, all right? Hey, Jamie, you want to go? Pass. <laughs> Roy. He's a piece of shit. You want to stick with that, huh? Okay. All right, well, here's an idea that's going to help a little or hurt a whole lot. Who needs a drink? Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. Uh, this week we are recovering Ted Lasso, Season 1, Episode 4, for the children. Recovering? I don't know. Revisiting? Recovering? <laughs> no, that doesn't work? All right. I'll never Reco- say it again. Recovering <laughs> means we're like covering it again. Well, Okay. Yeah, we're covering the episode, season one, episode four, for the children. For the, I was waiting for you to say for the children. Yeah, I know HQ trivia, man. I can't, I can't hear for the children without. Oh man, you just hit a piece of nostalgia with HQ trivia. I know. I wonder if they're even around. I miss HQ trivia. That was that was a COVID staple. I follow that. I can't remember that comedian's name either, but I follow him on Instagram. I love um, him. The one that did the for the children. For the children. <laughs> uh, 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 question five. Question five. <laughs> I've, I've made it to the finals a couple times. That's awesome. I never HQ. did. Um, I, I think the most money I ever won in HQ trivia was, I think, maybe like. that's pretty much it. Well, because you split like that cash prize at the end. So if you made it all the way to the end, you, you didn't get a lot. I usually won. Like if I won anything, it was always like a dollar. They, I remember one, one time they did back to the future trivia. And I was like, yep, gotta be in for that. And of course I made it to the finals on that. And I think I made it all the way through the finals. That's wonderful. So I think that's the one I won like a couple bucks on that one. Yep. So man, HQ trivia. That's that. I did. So I did the friends one and I got booted out because they asked how many specific episodes, um, David Schwimmer directed. And I'm like, I don't know that. Yeah. Who knows that, was- that answer? <laughs> 
Every, but you know they had to throw those questions in every once in a while that were like really going to cut like 90%, 90% of the people. Well, the only people left cool. after that are the people that guessed correctly. Yeah, pretty much. Or David Schwimmer. Oh, <laughs> and I bet you he doesn't even know. <laughs> he probably doesn't. Man. Anyways, let's talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so season one, episode four, for the children. For the children. Uh, that's good. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. I'm so sorry. That's no, it's totally fine. Uh, before we get started with it, obviously, we got to give you the rundown of the format in that um, we are going to try to avoid spoilers as much as possible because we know there are people watching for the first time. However, a little bit later on in the podcast, after we're done with the discussion, but before we start talking about our favorite quotes, we will dive into some spoiler full territory, but we will mark it in the notes of the of the uh, the episode. Uh, you will see timestamps so you know the times to avoid if you are trying to avoid those spoilers uh, for the future. So, but if you're watching for the first time, don't don't listen to them because we want you guys to enjoy what this show is and discover everything on your own. Because it's a giant hug. It really is. Um, but yeah, this episode for the children. I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm just going to put this out there and then we'll I'll turn it over to you to get us started. This is the episode that I think marks the first time I ever got choked up at a moment mm. in this. There are many throughout the run of this show. There are moments that got me choked up and there are moments that flat out made me weep. Uh, this is one of the first. I think this is the first episode uh, where I, I openly got emotional at something. You know, this, <clears throat> excuse me, this episode is, is just Ted Lasso at its finest. You know, you have the whole cast all together and you really start to see that this cast has really gelled already four episodes in, but you also get to see these characters in softer moments, uh, more vulnerable moments, which I really love. Um, you know, uh, Rebecca and Keely uh, start their friendship, which, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can see kind of progress even throughout the episode from um, Keely helping Rebecca on the red carpet all the way to Rebecca helping Keely with the decision to break up with Jamie. Um, you see a nice little moment between uh, Roy and Keely as well, which is wonderful. Uh, you see that Sam Obasanya is delightful in every way. <laughs> yes. Um you know, Ted, Ted, man, Ted comes through in just the Tedest way he could possibly ever Ted, you know, comes yeah. through with the music. He comes through with Rupert. He come. he, he even has, you know, the, the great idea to try and, and, and fix his locker room by putting his two morons at the same table as him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, this is. Again, like we we talked a little bit about this earlier on about how you and I both share in the fact that we give any show three episodes. Uh -huh. But you know, this is a show we were sold on from the first. Yeah. Um, you know, because three episodes, and one of the reasons behind that is because three episodes is really what's establishing the story. Mm. And then you start taking the dive into the characters post those third episodes. Some, you know, you get obviously some character introductions and development 
you know, ahead of time in those first three. But it's usually episode four and on, you start to take the deep dives. And this is a prime example, as you mentioned, of Ted at its finest, because we are now, we talked about how none of these characters are surface characters. We're now starting to see below the surface of Which some of these characters. Wonderful. And Rebecca's a big one, I think. Rebecca, I think, is the biggest one in this episode. Mm-hmm. Of, and Keely. Of Keely, we kind of saw it a little bit already, but we're definitely seeing more of it. I think with one. Keely, we're, tr- we're they're starting to establish that she is going to be, um, I don't know how else to say this, like an evolved character. Like we're actually going to see something more than a pretty face and a snappy comeback, yeah. which is what we've seen so far. I think this is where we really start to see that Keely, there is a person that's going to have a lot of layers to her character. And, um, and it really, I mean, she stays true to her character throughout the whole series, of course, but she's kind of introduced to us as viewers in the first couple episodes as a trophy girlfriend. Yes. You know, she is, she's the, she's the model that's with the athlete. She, she is the model and that she's doing all these shoots and everything, but yeah, there is so much more to Keely Mm -hmm. uh, that, and we've, we do. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We do start to see under that surface a little bit more in this, that she is not just this, this bimbo ish character. Like she is very intelligent. Mm -hmm. She's very emotional. She's very smart when it comes to her emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, She's, in, incredibly in touch with what she wants. Not She's just so she self-aware. Needs. Yeah. It, ex- self-aware is the best way to describe yeah. it. And she, yeah, she is, We by the end of this episode, you're right, we do see a lot more tequila in, in this than just, uh, in, in just the trophy. Well, and you know what? Big events like this tend to bring out the worst in people. And I think that, you know, Keely was very felt very probably probably felt very exposed to the cracks in her relationship with Jamie because of Jamie being Jamie mm-hmm. in front in front of everybody. But you really got to see like what he thinks of women in general in in this episode. You got to see that, you know, he doesn't really care about literally anybody except himself and his brand. Um this is a terrible look for Jamie this entire episode. Well, it's funny because like my in my notes, which I actually have more notes for this episode than I have for the past three. Hmm. Um, and my second note, my second <laughs> note out of all my notes, um, you know, my first note is AFC Richmond is still losing, which, you know, Wanka. fair enough. My second note is Jamie is a major dick. Oh, golly. So bad. Because, I mean, the, the, the episode starts with Jamie just purposely getting under Roy's skin. Yeah. And it almost leads to a huge, well, it leads to a confrontation, but it almost leads to a full-on locker room fight. You know, because <laughs> so of the two many of them. good, So many good Tedisms <laughs> in, in this, in this, in this Coach, locker room. Tell the boys what the first rule of my fight club is. No, no fight, fight club! club. <laughs> the way that he says no fight club is just one of the best. It's like high-pitched. It's in a panic. panic. It's yeah, a no panic. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Beard. Beard it's a great Beard of, episode. Uh, well, it's funny because I was actually going to say Beard kind of takes a step back, but we do get more to Beard in this one. We find out he's in a relationship um, that's still relatively new. He's still learning about it because even he makes mistakes. Oh my in gosh. This episode. We learn in this episode that, oh, okay, I get it. 
Beard's weird. Got it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we should make t-shirts that say beard's weird. Beard. Weirdo beardo. Weirdo beardo. He is weird. Yeah. Like, but let's not, and you really get that, get that yeah. feeling, you know? Let's not get too off track though. Let's go back to Jamie for a minute. Um yeah, sorry. If if we're done with Keely, I mean, because Keely, there's again, <clears throat> we'll go into more specifics as we get through. But yeah, like Jamie is we we do kind of see a little bit of a breakthrough with Jamie though, but it, it comes a little too late for him in this because as you mentioned, we see the end of Jamie and Keely by the end of this because Keely ends it. Good on her. Really seriously good on her. Well, I don't think that Jamie has a breakthrough on Jamie. I think that he has a breakthrough on the way that he should conduct himself on a team. And Roy and Ted are a really big part of that. You know, Roy, Roy sat there and he's like, you probably think this and I think this, but I used to be you. So I'm trying to like kind of learn from my mistakes and see if we could fix this because I, I had a guy that I was playing with, blah, blah, blah. Like that whole conversation was great. But Roy literally had to coach Jamie in every single facet of that conversation. Um, But they came to a very shaky (laughs) agreement to just, yes, we hate each other, but we're on the same team kind of thing. You know, we respect each other's talent. It's interesting to see them, how this episode starts, the two of them, how they start in this episode and how they end in this episode because you know we get jamie calling roy granddad uh because he roy tells him like don't call me old man anymore so he calls him granddad because that's jamie being a dick and he does it intentionally to get under his skin but by the end of this episode after that conversation we see them toasting their beer bottles Mm -hmm. they're kind of laughing at each other and even after that when jamie calls roy granddad when granddad is up on stage it seems almost more like lighthearted. Like it's it's more of a a play. This when time. did he go on stage after their conversation? Roy's on stage getting auctioned off. That was before their conversation. No, it's not. It's after. After no, because Roy went over to uh, Keely and Jamie and said, "If you ever use me like that as a pawn that, in your own, yeah, that happens at the end of the night." Yeah, right. When Roy and Jamie have their conversation no, about Roy and what Jamie have their they conversation are. at the bar. Yeah, that's the where event. they. No. The, the conversation between Roy and Jamie happens before Roy is, it happens after Jamie's auctioned before Roy is auctioned. I don't know. I think you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I have watched this episode four times in preparation That's a lot. for this recording, but I love this episode. I know. That's I also, I also watched it three times before we were initially supposed to record. And yes, well, <laughs> one more time before we actually recorded before actually yeah. recording. Um, no, I had Jamie, I had a la- I had the the definition of a last minute emergency. We were yes. we were we were on the phone. <laughs> we yeah, were, we, were, we were we were on video call getting ready to record. Yep. And then it literally was like it came down to the last minute. Yep. We were like, okay, I gotta we go. Gotta, yep. We gotta do this later. Um, and now just to be clear, for what happened. <laughs> and just to be clear, everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. But it uh, was a true emergency. I had to go. Yes, <laughs> yes it really was. Uh, 
but yeah, like, so no, the conversation with Jamie and Roy happens at the bar and then Roy is auctioned off and then it's the conversation with all three of them at the end of the night. Oh, when she's breaking up with him. Yes, when she's breaking up because with him. Because Keely and Rebecca are having, no, because Keely and Rebecca are having their conversation in the bathroom when Roy and Jamie are having their conversation at the bar. Yes, and that happens before Roy is auctioned off. Okay, I'll believe you, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, you know, we could pause this right now and I could show you the order. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Um but but the but the best part about this is that is that Jamie is starting to get a little bit of the comeuppance that he so richly deserves. He gets dumped by Keely. And Rupert takes his other plus one. Yeah. Oh, that's another good point, too, because, yep. yeah, we do meet Bex. Bex. In this episode. Yep. Who, I have to say, real quick, I don't know if this is something that you know or not. Um, Keely Hazel is <laughs> funny. Her name is actually Keely. Um, the actress is Keely Hazel. Um, she was, at the time, dating Jason Sudeikis. Oh. Who, who plays Ted Lasso. Thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> just in case some of the listeners didn't know. Anybody who who's listening to this podcast knows that information. All right, fine. I oh, maybe I'm wrong. So sorry to those of you who are. I, no, it's fine. Uh, I just mansplained. It's okay. Um. Yeah, so Keely Hazel actually was dating Jason Sudeikis at the time that hmm. they were filming this season one. And I think into season two, they were also uh, they were also dating. Um. So, yeah, so it it's, um yeah, we get to meet Bex for the first time, who we find out a little bit later on in the episode was Jamie's uh, other plus one, <sighs> which uh, is kind of a, and again, a dick move of Jamie. Mm, mm -hmm. um, and but he, he did it all for his brand. Mm. Um, which I have notes on that too, but just real quick, uh, I actually have Ted playing in the background while we're talking. Uh, and I'm, I, I want to make sure I'm not wrong. Uh, it is, it is Jamie and Roy have the conversation at the bar. Uh, Roy and, or Ted and Rupert have their conversation. <laughs> Keely and Rebecca have their conversation in the bathroom. Roy gets auctioned off and then they, uh, the musician comes up and then it's the end of the night. Yep. Yep, Where? because she comes back from the bathroom and she says, and she talks to Bex, who was sitting with Jamie. Sitting with Jamie, yes. Yep, yep. I, I got it. I remember. Okay. I remember. Um, I want to say, too, as far as Jamie and his, his brand, um, <laughs> in that scene where he's getting dressed with Keely and he decides, like, he, he doesn't like how he looks <clears throat> and... And then he decides to like take his shirt off because it's his style. Um, I look, I have no problem saying this. He looked damn good in that fucking suit. Oh, you mean with the shirt? With the shirt. Yeah, he looked amazing. I, I would wear the. Sh I would wear that. Mm -hmm. Like it, he is going to be a mess without Keely. Oh well, yes. <clears throat> I, I like it when he when he's eating soup like it's a freaking chicken wing <laughs> another reason why shirts were invented 
Yet another reason why shirts were invented. <laughs> Golly. I mean, and and that just just him eating the soup proves just what an asshole he is. Like just this arrogant man child. Well, and I was just gonna say, child. Like mm-hmm. that is that's the word. I mean, yeah. look, we've all as adults spilled food on ourselves. I did it yesterday. This is, this is a whole mouthful like this a whole spoonful who does that who eats soup like that tipped back in his chair and and just like dropping it into his mouth the whole time watching i'm like if my son if my 10 year old son did this i would be like what where do you think you are (laughs) (laughs) you're right who eats soup like casually leaning back in a chair my my ass is over that bowl yeah uh (laughs) uh-huh Totally. And, and I'm scraping, I'm scraping the the spoon on the side of the bowl yeah. to make sure there's no drips. Because we are civilized. We are not a child. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would have been better off at this point, just picking the bowl up and drinking out of the bowl. It would have been less, it would have been classier than what he was doing. Yeah. But the yeah. whole no shirt thing was stupid. Like, like it, it just shows how inexperienced and childish Jamie really is to make a decision to do something like that. Well, and it shows, it really highlights the fact that, like, people, society is giving millions of dollars to children and yeah. expecting them to act accordingly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a big problem. I remember when Kobe Bryant in his rookie year, and I think even beyond his rookie year, but I remember in his rookie year, he had a financial manager. He had somebody that gave him an allowance and told him what he could and couldn't spend. And he used to be notorious for tipping terribly because he wasn't allowed to spend more money and he had spent all his money. Mm -hmm. And so, but he didn't go into financial ruin. He learned how to, I mean, granted, he had a lot of personal problems. He had a lot of, um, there were a lot of headlines um, at one point due to Colorado and that Colorado case. But if you just, if you look at just how he grew as a player and as a man throughout his entire career, like I don't think because he catapulted to fame, catapulted to fame. Um, I don't think that he would have been able to be as successful as he ultimately was at the end of his life had he not had that foundation in the in the first year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I and I think about that and I, I I say that because I see that in other stars like like the Jamie Tarts of the world. That that's a phenomenal player that probably got millions and millions of dollars to play football and he's a wanker. Yeah. Millions of dollars to play football, not to mention money that he's gotten probably in in endorsement deals and, mm-hmm. and everything outside of the team, right. which, you know, you're going to soon realize, at least if we haven't already, Keely's a big part of that. A huge part of that. She's been she knows how to build a brand. She knows how to be a public face. She that's that's probably that's probably why he's dating her. Well, she knows she knows, too, in already who she is to Jamie and how important she is to Jamie's brand. Because when they're going down the red carpet line and they're taking all the pictures of Jamie, she steps in to kiss him and says, here's the picture you're going to use. She knows exactly who she is to Jamie. Right. And in, in a way when she breaks up with Jamie, 
she's now taking away probably the most important thing that Jamie has ever had. One of his biggest strengths. And he doesn't know it. He has no idea. Because he thinks he's controlling everything yep. and he's not. I mean, you can see what Keeley's influence on Rebecca was on the red carpet in less than 10 seconds. You know, yeah. she was lost on that red carpet and Keely like just blocks off the cameras, tells her how to stand and then goes behind the cameras. It's like, she's fucking amazing. You know, <laughs> like in, in just, just in that split 30 seconds, she took Rebecca from, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this by myself to I'm Rebecca. She instilled confidence. Yes. Through a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is powerful shit. Yes. I, she She's a lot more than we as the audience gives her credit for, than yeah. what the other characters give her credit for. Like, Keely is, as you said, very, very powerful, and she's very good at what she does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've, if you've seen the show, we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more later, but Keely is, Keely is a big lightning rod for success. Yes. Yeah. Not not just for herself, but for right. Yes, in, in for, general. In general, yes. yes, yeah. She is somebody who you want around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Jamie's so stupid. He's so stupid. But he's twenty three. Like as Keely says, he's twenty three. Nobody likes you when you're twenty three. We've all heard the song. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. And I didn't even think about that too. Is that Jamie came with two plus ones, which is a <laughs> plus two. Jamie, let's be real. Idiot doesn't leave with either one of them, <laughs> and and he has a soup burn on his chest, and he's, <laughs> and he's got tomato soup burn on his nipple. Yeah, because he's a child. Yeah, he's a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing that Jamie, the only thing that Jamie took from this, or the only thing that Jamie acquires from this entire night is he is maybe a little bit of Roy's respect. So he loses Maybe. a lot more than he gains from this night. Maybe. And really, I mean, that's fleeting. That little bit of yeah. respect. It's Roy Kent. That's going to be, that's going to come and go, man. I do want to say that is one of my favorite moments of this episode, though, is that conversation between Roy and Jamie. Oh, because it's, 100%. It's a huge connection between these two characters, but there's a lot of humor in yeah. that scene, too. When Roy's like, you know, I used to be this prima donna and, and everything. He's like, so now here's the part where you, or no, where, you know, we 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 came to a mutual respect and we won because what the gaffer told us it's the same stuff the gaffer's telling us to do so let's do this and jamie starts speaking he's like nope i'm going first i'm going to tell you what i think first yeah. and then i i lo i love how at the end of the conversation and again i'm paraphrasing uh, you know jamie says to roy like you know well did you ever learn to 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 like the guy, he's like, fuck no. I wished he was dead. And then when they toast, Jamie's like, well, here's to you dying. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but, Roy would yeah. never have gotten that perspective without Ted. Yeah. You know, he Roy even needed to take a step back from his own feelings and his own um, not only his insecurities, but just his own arrogance, you know, because you see that he's taken down a couple notches too. Hey, Roy, you're not the guy that you used to be, but you can be a real leader. You can be the guy that takes Jamie Tart and turns him into something great that maybe you wish that you would have been turned into when you were that age. 
well, Ted even makes the point to Roy. Like he points it out to him. He's like, you know, like, yes, he is a prima donna little bitch, but what were you then? Right. And Roy says a prima donna little bitch. And like, mm-hmm. he, you're right. Ted is the one that makes Roy kind of come to the realization. Like you're looking in the mirror. Well, because Roy is a prima donna old bitch at this point. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we yeah. see more change from Roy in this episode than we do Jamie. Oh, absolutely. Roy 100%. is now on his path. 100%. Even mm-hmm. in that even in that ending conversation when we get that that three-way conversation between Roy, Keely and Jamie. When Roy approaches Keely cuz we do, we get that moment where Jamie's saying like he doesn't get jealous and Keely sees an opportunity to kind of test that mm-hmm. in bidding for Roy to make Jamie jealous and this very clearly and rightfully so pisses Roy off mm-hmm. and he approaches he confronts Keely because Roy doesn't care he'll confront anybody he needs to confront and he says don't ever use me as a toy as a you know as a prop in your game and Keely immediately apologizes and that calms Roy mm-hmm. that's all that that's all that Roy needed like he looks at Keely and says thank you well, because he needed off. he needed validation that that's what happened. Yeah, you, you know? know, you know, Keely says like, "I'm sorry, that wasn't right of me to do." And Roy says, "Thank you," and then walks yeah. off. And then it's in it's in that moment, Jamie has a prime example of how to be proper human beings happen right in front of him, and says like, well, "What'd you apologize to him for?" Is it because people need to be accountable for their mistakes? And it's that, I think that is the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. When Jamie's like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. You know, you, you just witnessed this happen right in front of you of how people need to be accountable. And you still are completely clueless. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad to watch. It's infuriating to watch. And I think that's the problem with Jamie is that you know that with very small tweaks, he could be a decent human being. And he's just unwilling, unwilling yeah. to be coachable. And you, and you, your profession is to have a coach. To be coached. To be coached, to be coachable. That's your profession, man. That And, and you are just proving that you're uncoachable. Like you're about to be somebody that just doesn't, fit anywhere and what happens when you're so uncoachable and you know this is of course we know what happens but what happens when you're so uncoachable that no one wants you anymore yeah you know what i mean cuz cuz that eventually will happen in in anybody's life i mean i am a brand new teacher this is my third year teaching if i came in in my third year third year teaching and said i know everything everything's fine no Absolutely not. I have so much to learn. Do I have a better handle on it now than I did in year one? hundred percent. But I still need to remain coachable at all times or nobody's going to want to work with me. Well, and, and it's not only that, but I mean, like, even if you, if you have a coach or you're coaching yourself, like mm-hmm. through self-learning and, mm-hmm. and self-growth, like there is always room for growth. I, like, always take, take podcasting for example. I've been podcasting for a decade now. I still learn new tips and tricks and techniques to kind of adapt and make myself better. Yeah. Um. 
you know, moderating. I've been moderating for like six or seven years now, and I'm still learning new ways to be a better presence mm-hmm. to kind of make panels more interesting and more engaging. There's all, even if, whether you're being coached or coaching yourself, there's always room for growth. And Jamie mm-hmm. is just at a standstill. Yeah, no. Well, he thinks that he's the best and he doesn't need to work any harder because he is the best and there's no reason to work harder. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first started podcasting, I would write down every last word I was going to say because I was so nervous. And now I just jot down notes. When I used to interview people for the podcast, I used to write every question I I wanted to ask. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, here's a couple bullet points as to things I want to make mention of throughout the Mm -hmm. course if I get the opportunity. But otherwise, it's like, okay, introduction, let's chat. Right. But that only comes by being coachable, by wanting to learn, by wanting to grow, and by accepting the fact that you are going to make mistakes. That's just inevitable. Yeah, exactly. I got observed this week, and I had to abandon my lesson midway because it was such a disaster. Mm. But, you know, at least least the person that observed me saw that it wasn't me. It was the student. So that was good. Well, there you go. That works out. (laughs) But yeah, like Jamie thinks he's already at his peak. You know, he's he's the top shit at this point. Mm-hmm. Without realizing at the same time, you are on a team that is losing. Mm. Like you can't be the best in the world to like on a team that's not winning. Right. There's clearly something wrong here. Mm-hmm. And it and you are a part of it, whether you right. like to realize it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your weakest link and you could be the best, the best on the team, but you can also be the weakest link at the same time. That's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. Cause if you have a strong person who is great at what they do, but they're not willing to work with others on that team, you are weakening the team. Mm -hmm. If if he was a better team player, that team would be winning. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Exactly. Um, I so love Jamie talk- Tart though. I love talking about him. He's in yeah. infuriating as hell, man. But he's good TV. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And and he is a very dynamic character. Yes. Um, you know, we we've, we've talked about a lot of like what these characters are now, or not who they become later, um, or not who they remain to be later. There's a lot of growth coming for Jamie. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of you got to stick around for it. It's infuriating now, <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's 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 things coming. We'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about it during spoiler talk a little bit later on. Maybe um, you know. So we talked about Jamie and Keely. We talked about uh, you know uh, Jamie and Roy. Uh, we mentioned Rebecca a little bit, but there's a lot to go down with Rebecca and Ted. Yes. In this episode. Well, there's a lot to go down with Rebecca and Keely, with, Rebecca and Ted, and well, yeah, the I, entrance to a huge character we see for the very first time. This oh, episode. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, wh- which way do you want to go? Let's talk about Cam Cole. He's the no, he's not the. <laughs> Although um, after this episode, I did get very into Cam Cole for a while. He, he oh, so, to anybody who doesn't know, he is an actual musician. And he's um, phenomenal. He's really good. Like, yep. go do yourself a favor. Um, look for some of his music on Spotify. Go on YouTube and check out some of his also music. Also on videos. Amazon. It's on Amazon Music, too. On Amazon Music. He is he's a phenomenal musician. He is an actual 
musician and he's really, really good. Um, so do you want to, do we want to talk about, I think let's talk about Ted. Um, because I think Rebecca is probably the biggest part of this episode or maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe we can just discuss Ted and Rebecca together. Sure. Cause they but we also need to, you know, talk about Rupert. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, hold on real quick. <laughs> let's talk about Nate. Cause there's a little bit there. Oh, Nate. <laughs> there's a little bit there. So let's kind of Nate discuss in his suit. <laughs> that whole thing. Um, with Ted buying Nate the suit. Cause you have to imagine that's what happened. Like he's like, we're going to make a little pit stop. Who does that? Like he bought Nate a suit because the suit he came in didn't fit. It's the dumpiest suit I've ever seen. And not only that, but you little, you, you kind of put two and two together a little bit later when, when Nate poorly tries to make that joke. Like when Keely compliments him on the suit saying you look good. He's like, this is the first suit I ever owned other than the suit I wore on my birthday. Like I loved that joke. <laughs> I audibly laughed. I thought it was hilarious. I but did he, not. But he meant to say birthday suit. And it's I just, got it. I got it too. But like you could, it was just an awkward delivery. That's very funny. I know, but poor guy, like he just wanted to be a part of the group. He wanted to be part of the cool crowd for like, like 10 seconds. But it's very endearing to me to find out that like it makes you realize, oh, that suit that Nate was wearing, he borrowed that. That well, wasn't he said even it was his, his dad's suit. suit. Oh, did he say I missed that? Yeah, he said it was okay. his dad's suit. He okay. said, I just borrowed a suit from my dad. This is okay, right? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the fact that Ted just saw something that Nate needed and just did it. Like he bought him a suit. Like that's amazing. That's Ted Lasso. Yeah. But also, too, I love seeing Nate trying to be charming when he's at the bar and he orders the martini and he gets the martini and he drinks the martini. Like there's a little bit of a connection between him and that bartender. Yeah. Until the bartender turns around and he spits out the martini. And then <laughs> the guy comes out of frame and grabs the martini. <laughs> says, thank you. And walks off. And Nate, he's, he's just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, who's there watching? Col the Colin and happened. McAdoo. Colin and McAdoo. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, guys, this brand new suit. Can we just not today? All can, right. <laughs> can you just get me two times tomorrow? <laughs> and I love, I love to, because Colin and McAdoo are also two characters who are going to be much bigger as we progress throughout that. We are in the very early stages and small doses of Colin and McAdoo. Um, but you see that they're very close friends. Yes, we do get their their close knit friendship. Yeah. But I love how McAdoo's like, no, like we 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 can't. Like we were told we can't. We were head butted not to. And Colin's like, I think I had a concussion. I was told not to drink. As he raises a beer yeah. and, and starts drinking. But Colin and McAdoo uh, have an amazing friendship, and we're going to that's going to get explored later. Yep. Uh, yep. Right now, we're on the main characters of the show. And Sab, uh, Sam Obasanya. And Sam Obasanya, which, as you mentioned, it's very quick. But when they're on the red carpet and Sam's like, thank you for taking my picture. What are your names? I was like, man, 
that is just so endearing. He's just so cute. Like he's just so grateful to be there. And I mean, I just, I think Sam, Sam Obasanya is someone that we should just all strive to be like. Yeah. We should just all strive to be exactly like Sam Obasanya. Like if I ever met that actor and he was not like Sam Obasanya, my heart would break into a million pieces. I just love him so much. Uh, yeah. And I don't think it's sad, but I don't think he's ever been nominated for the Emmy. That's such a bummer. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great people that are, that should have been, and there wasn't enough years for everybody to win, um, which is a shame, but mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them have, which is, you know, which is great. Um, so yeah, so let's dive into Rebecca, Ted, and as you mentioned, we are meeting for the first time, Rupert, our ben. villain. Yeah. Our villain for the series, basically. Yep. Uh, you know, and we get a lot about this. And I think this is, we needed to meet Rupert in order to, for us to realize as viewers, Rebecca is not who we think she is and not even who Rebecca thinks she is. I'll tell you what, the introduction to Rupert was perfect. Perfect. There was no other way to introduce a character like this. Him coming in and crashing the, um, him coming in and crashing the fundraiser, taking over the, um, the auction. And then there's the whole Robbie Williams thing that we'll talk about, I'm sure in a few minutes, but like you completely understand who this man is almost instantly. Yeah. He comes in as a charmer. Yeah. Everybody's happy to see him because he's mm -hmm. joking around, joking about how like he's rich. So he was able to crash the party because they had, he has nights free. Um, and you can see the panic on Rebecca. It's not, I don't even know if it's panic. I think it's, this is the first time we've seen a look of submission mm, on Rebecca's face. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's good. Because I think that's what she's always done in Rupert's presence is she submitted. You see, you see it physically happen too. Yeah. Like you see her shoulders gets like hunched. She, gets, she cowers. She gets smaller and she's like this larger than life woman and yeah. she shrinks. She shrinks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really you know, hard to see. And it's it, as in like difficult to watch. Not hard yeah. to see because we can see it. No, right. <laughs> I'm not Jamie Tart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not clearly right in front of you and you just don't pay attention. It's hard to see. What do you mean? You could see it right there. Like, I can see that dialogue happening with Jamie Tart. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that Rupert does. As you mentioned, you know, it's like you said, as you mentioned, he comes in, he crashes the party for start. Already strike one on Rupert. Uh, the, the auction thing, Rebecca kind of tells him to do it. You know, they're here to see you like they want to see you. They don't want to see me. And no. I think the only reason that happens is because she's cowering. OK, I'm going to take I'm going to just stop you right here just for a second. What she did is a mark of long term abuse. 
long-term abuse. She does not believe in herself because this man has told her that she's worthless, has told her that she is nothing without him. So her saying that is her trying to trying to appease him because that's what she's been conditioned to do for so long because he is this charming guy. He is this character. And rather than stand up to him and make it her event with, with which is what she should have done, she re- she got back to her old habits and she fell into that pattern of abuse that she had had for so many years. I, I agree with you, which is why right before you jumped in, I said, this is her cowering. Sorry, but it just needed <laughs> to stop have, you. You must have missed that because that was the moment that you were backing up to pounce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. missed me saying my that. cat no, tail was I, wiggling in the yeah, back. I agree with you completely. This is her. This is her backtracking to how she was when she was Rupert in that abusive relationship. You know, it's part of that cowering stance that she made when Rupert first walked in is that she is kind of taken in all the steps forward. Rebecca has making has made. This is a massive amount of steps backwards, but she also hasn't made a lot of steps forward. Really? I mean, she's still on this. She's still on this vendetta to kill the club, you know, by, and Ted is the person that she's using to kill the club. And, you know, every single time we see her soften, she just kind of like shakes it out and she's like, no, I'm going to be Rebecca the bitch and not Rebecca the club owner, you know? So, I mean, maybe she's taken a couple of steps forward, but that's not without somebody else like telling her it's okay to take that step forward. But I don't think I've seen her do anything on her own yet of her taking her own step forward yet. No, she's, you're right. There's steps forward that she is attempting to make, but there's still a wall in front of her that is blocking her path to success. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the episode where we finally start to see some of that wall start to fall. And Ted, Ted is a huge part of that. Because even, even in that conversation where Rebecca introduces Ted to Rupert, you're right. Like we've seen in these first three episodes that Ted is Rebecca's weapon to to destroy what Rupert loves. Mm -hmm. The sad part is Rupert knows that that's it because Mm -hmm. he calls her on it. He even says like, I, you know, when Ted says, when they're talking about the losses and Ted says like, well, I'm hopeful that we'll come back. And Rupert's like, well, you know, because you're telling me I have faith that this is going to happen because I believe in you, Ted. Well, you know, hopefully Rebecca believes in you as much as I do. And he calls her on it. And it's then that Rebecca starts to realize this plan's not working. Like this is this plan I have. He knows like that's my plan. Well, and what she doesn't realize is that the best plan she could have made for herself was to make Richmond be the best team out there without him involved. To show that she's successful without him. But she's at this point, she's very short sighted. Right. It's only until she gets her confidence that she can see probably the big picture a little bit more, the forest through the trees. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's Ted and Keely both that need to show her that she's a lot more than Rupert's ex-wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, it leads into the next moment, too. And when I mentioned at the top of this episode, this is the first episode that I really felt an emotional moment, like to the point where I started to get emotional we see that scene with Rebecca outside and she is, you know, she's kind of alone and Ted comes out to make sure, you know, to, to talk about the whole Robbie Williams thing, 
but sees this in Rebecca because we've learned over the over these past episodes already and just these few that we had. Ted is very observant mm-hmm. when it comes to things of emotionality. He picks up on them very quickly. And all he needs to do is look at Rebecca's face to know she's distraught. Right. And she, oh, you know, there's that great moment, that funny moment where Ted says, like, open with a joke, you know, because people don't expect it. And she's like, well, what would you make fun of me about? And he almost buys into it. She's like, you're not going to fall into that, are you, Ted? He's like, uh, like he's, tra- he's trying. Doesn't he come it. back, too, to say something? He's like, no. Nope. And, and then he nope. walks oh, away yeah. again. <laughs> we see that the joke that she makes is that, like, I would hug every one of you, but we all know I'm not a hugger. Mm-hmm. And then back to that conversation with them outside. This is the first time Rebecca is opening, really opening up to Ted. And she's like, he made me feel like I was alone. And now I'm starting to realize I really think I am. And Ted Lasso around. And, you know, Ted kind of confronts her and then he hugs her. And then we see her hug him back. It takes a minute, but yeah, Yeah. she, she gives into the hug and I think she needed it. I think she needed it. And I also think it's a huge realization to her at that moment, right then and there, what she's doing is wrong. Oh, yeah. But she's still oh, – we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. What what she is doing is wrong. And then I think on top of that, to even add to that, at the end of the night when everybody's saying goodbye, Ted says to her, you're not the only one that sees Rupert for what he is. Which is true. He saw right through Rupert. He saw right through Rupert from the start. But he didn't let on that he knew, which, and see, this is something that I think, this is an ability that Ted Lasso has that I just don't have. If I see through somebody, I can't, I can't talk to them very well. Ted can continue having a nice time and a nice amicable conversation. And then at the end, he's like, he he drops the hammer, right? And he basically tells Rupert, you know, I that's my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Is when is when he goes, you know, as somebody that, you know, can just call Robbie Williams and tell him to come back and play, it dawns on me that you could have just as easily told him not to play. And Rupert's like, well, that would just make me a real piece of shit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. it would. It would. And Ted knows. Yeah. That, and Rupert knows that Ted knows. Yeah. That's the best a, part. That you are a real piece of shit. Yep. There are some really good interactions between Ted and Rupert coming throughout this season. You got you gotta love a good party. Yeah. Oh, well, there's there's the best one that I can't wait. No, we'll we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean Rupert Ted moments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. There's a mm-hmm. Great one coming. Yeah. But we'll, we all, we'll anybody that's seen the show knows immediately what we're talking yeah, about. We'll, it's totally we'll, fine. It's the one where Ted murders Rupert. No, it's not. He doesn't murder Rupert. There's well, no murder in Ted Lasso. No, there's no murder in Ted Lasso. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that Ted can see right through Rupert doesn't call him on it immediately, but just does it like he waits for the best opportunity to do it. Yeah. And it like, you're right. It drops a hammer on Rupert. But at the same time, Rupert like says it with a smile. Mm. He doesn't seem thrown by this at all. Mm-hmm. But he knows that Ted knows he's a piece of shit. They don't know that we know that they know we know. <laughs> 
I mean, and so again, like, yeah, that moment with Ted and Rebecca outside when Rebecca hugs him back, that's the moment. That's the first time in this series that I was like, I'm getting choked up mm. at this. Um, it's this is a very empowering episode for a couple, for quite a few people. Mm-hmm, in I agree. This episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things about Ted too, that kind of like, I really, I have in my notes because now I'm going to actually go through my notes to see what I'm missing. Um, when Ted in the beginning of the episode is talking, he's on the phone with his wife. And as he's saying goodbye, he's like, I love, he almost says, I love you. And then stops and says, I miss you instead, um, which is a nice catch, which just kind of, maybe further progresses like another yard or two, the story on Ted and his wife. Uh, we're going it's to get least favorite subplot. Well, next episode. I know we, we die. I'm just telling you it's, it's my, it's my least favorite subplot of and the whole not, series. And that's not really a spoiler either, because he says at the end of the episode, he tells coach that they're coming yeah. to the UK. Yeah. So next episode, they're coming. They're going to be there. Yeah, we're going to meet know. his wife and his son. Um, oh, there was also Rupert saying, oh, well, Rebecca can absolutely beat our numbers. I have no doubt that she can beat our numbers. And then he just hands over a million pounds like he's going to be the savior. I wish I wish so much that she could have ripped that up right in front of him. But if it wasn't it was a charity event. Children. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think she would have. Um, yeah, because I had that in my notes, too, that that was like. I thought Jamie was a dick. Like that is a flaunt of power, but being like, but at the same time, taking away someone else's in the most (laughs) biggest way possible. And think about it. That's who owned the team before Rebecca. So Jamie Tart also was watching him. Yeah. Rupert could have influenced him like in a negative way. Like he could have been influenced by Rupert. Yeah. Like uh, we see a lot of Jamie Tart in Rupert or a lot of Rupert in Jamie Tart, I think. Yeah. Like they're very similar in this episode. Well, I mean, and maybe that's one of the reasons why we start to see the connection between Ru- between Rebecca and Keely is because maybe Rebecca can see that as well, but she sees how much stronger Keely is when it comes to Jamie than she ever was to Rupert. Mhm. Um because yeah, like you know, Keely even says to Rebecca in that conversation, like I dated a 23, you know, I, I dated a whatever age it was. I dated like a 20. I'm almost 30 and still dating a 23 year old footballer. I'm That's Leonardo it. DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite like, line. <laughs> it's another great Keely line. So, yeah, it's just there's so much that happens with the with Rebecca and just in the introduction to Rupert. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think by the end of this episode, I think we start to see through the cracks of who Rebecca really is. And I think we're starting to see the beginnings of that invisible wall preventing Rebecca from growing kind of start to crumble a little bit. It's still there, but there's it's weakening mm-hmm. now a little bit. Um let me see. What else do we have? I don't know. If and then we, any... we do have, yeah, we have Bex that left with Rupert. Ted saves the day with Cam Cole. That was a really good moment. I it loved a, that. It was a great moment. And one of my favorite little nonchalant little moments, it's very subtle, but 
like you could see like Rebecca is like almost in desperation. She's like, oh yeah, whatever. Like let this guy go up. It's Cam something. And then he starts to perform and she's genuinely surprised. Yeah. Like in the best way, because we have that moment with, and it's, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's Rebecca, Ted and Leslie and Leslie all sitting there and they're bobbing their heads to the music, Rebecca included. Yeah. They're enjoying the music together. Leslie goes and dances with the footballers. He yeah. just can't even contain himself, which we learned that this is a big music is a big part of Leslie's life. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a spoiler like that we have to save, but no, it's, it's just a big Leslie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a big, a, it's just a great personality trait. Yeah. Of his. But you see that um, the music's good and that and that even that early in the show, Leslie Higgins's character is established. And he's not even a main character, but his character is established. And I think that that's very cool. It's a little cool little like extra as in they had a plan for this show. Um, and I and I love the from fact the beginning. That, and I it's it's just we've seen multiple samples of it already, but I love the fact that Rebecca is somebody at this point who is constantly putting down Higgins, mm, mm -hmm. but, but Ted is always there, like just trying his best to empower him. And it happens multiple times throughout this episode. I mean, early on in the episode when Rebecca is going through all the costumes and trying to avoid Ted's pajama question, um, you know, as, as, as Higgins is leaving, Ted says, and Rebecca is thankful for our, for all your hard work. And he's like, thank you, Ted. Like, you know, and but not only that, when he says, like, I need you to go on a mission with me when he's going off to find mm -hmm. camp. Yeah. Camp, he's like, I, I've had all the rest. I need the best. Right. Like, that's empowering to Higgins. But like every single time Leslie really likes uh, Ted, he gets heartburn really bad. I love it because he goes. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Like the whole first season, every time Higgins likes Ted, he's like, eh. <laughs> it's a new taste to him. He's, well, I he's think that never he, experienced I think he has heartburn. I think he has a heartburn because he has to lie to him right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. He might be getting reflux a little bit. Yeah. Because it's, it's stressing him out to like this guy and to also be a part of this weird secret plan to, to destroy him. But he also can't help it. Like he right. can't help but like Ted. Nobody can. No, that nobody, nobody really can. He is an addicting personality that people just want in their life. Period. Yeah, but I, I love that it's Sam that gets the dancing started, mm. just because he is that happy go lucky person. He is the music hasn't even been going for 10, 15 seconds, yep. and he's already grabbing people and leading people out. On he's everybody's hype start. man. He's amazing. And you're, and then you're right. We see Higgins just kind of like in a snap, just start going crazy and going yep. out on the dance floor. We see Beard is out there, like he's jumping around, like mm -hmm. a, like you know, like a madman. And Rebecca is legitimately enjoying the music. Yeah, Ted has come through for her. That's big. Yeah, when nobody else was. Well, because Ted he didn't through. want to put Rebecca in the position to ask Rupert for anything, too. And I think that that was a big motivating factor for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. He didn't want to. He Yeah, you're right. He didn't want to put her in the line of fire. Mm -hmm. 
Well, line of fire is not really a, the best way to put it, but no, In you're right. Rupert. That's a better way to put it. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely a better way to put it. Um, let me see. Going through my notes here. I love the, the mentions of West side story. Uh, when, when I was 15, I was an understudy for Anita. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get the quotes. Yeah. Um, it was an all boys yeah. school. It was an all boys school. Uh, I mean, Keelan, Keely and Rebecca's scene um, in the bathroom, I think is fantastic. I think watching them roll away together with a bottle of champagne and the little weird uh, bicycle cart. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful. Um, I loved it that Rebecca still did what Rebecca got on that cart and threw caution to the wind. And instead of doing it with, with Ted, I think it was the right decision for her to do that with Keely. I think both her and Keely needed it and needed each other. And it really kicks off their friendship in a really fun way. Yeah. I, I Rebecca and Keely's friendship throughout the course of the series becomes one of my favorite elements mm-hmm. of this series. Yeah. It, it really, it really does. Um, the only other thing I really have here before we get into some spoilery territory, um, is there's a there's a there's a good theme here by the end of it. And it really comes at Cam Cole because Cam Cole, you know, when he when Ted brings Cam in, he tells Rebecca, don't judge him by the way he looks. Basically, do not judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And one, like I feel like that that has multiple facets throughout this because at the same time, while he's telling Rebecca don't judge a book by its cover. Like don't judge Cam by the way he looks. I think that's also Ted's kind of way of telling Rebecca. I realize there's, I know there's more to you than just what I see. Yeah. I would agree with that. Ted lives by that motto. Don't judge a book by its cover. Rightfully so. Yeah. And, and when it comes to Rebecca, that's very important. Mm -hmm. Rebecca puts on this facade because she's trying to seem powerful Ted is not judging her on that. He'd rather get to know Rebecca and see the real Rebecca. He's not yep. judging her just by what he sees. He's still waiting for Rebecca to come to show herself. He's still waiting to meet Rebecca. Yes. Yes. He's still waiting to meet Rebecca. He knows what he, because like you said earlier, he can see through people pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. He knows why he's there. He knows why he's there and that's not going to stop him from doing anything that he wants to do. He's a great coach. Yeah. Agreed completely. Mm -hmm. So any final notes before we kind of jump into the spoiler territory and then we go into quotes after that? No. No, Uh, All right. So then with that being said, this is the point where we're going to ask you to pause. If you want to avoid the spoilers, uh, you can pause the podcast now. Go check the notes so you'll know when to come back in to the podcast. And when we come back, we'll do the quotes and and feedback as well. Um, So that being said, man, there's a couple things in here we are getting some really early glimpses of. And so most most notably in my notes. Roy and Keeley. Yeah, they have a good moment. The the chemistry between these two characters is starting. And who yeah. man, like I I can't wait. And I think one of the things is too, I think Jamie sees it. 
he sees it, but he's choosing not to see it because he still thinks that he's just, you know, the he's hot shit. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Yeah. He thinks that he's perfect <clears throat> and that that'll never happen because he's perfect, you know. Yeah. Um, I really love uh the fact that you have Rebecca and Keely talking about her relationship with Jamie. I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is in my notes too, but I've Oh, uh, I don't know what you're gonna bring up. Oh. I don't think you know which direction I'm going in, but I can't wait to okay. see what you're about to say. Oh, okay, go ahead. But in season three, we see Rebecca have a very similar conversation with Bex. Oh, about, that's not where I was going. Yeah, okay. about her relationship and ultimate marriage with um, Rupert. Because Rupert is now dating the nanny and Bex knows it. And Rebecca's like, yeah, man, I, I, you know. And so they team up to kind of destroy Rupert a little bit in uh, in season three with what he's doing, if I remember correctly. Um, which we'll have to read redo anyways but you see this like this full circle and I, I didn't really notice it until I saw this episode that Rebecca counsels Keely um Jamie's first plus one and then in season three counsels Bex who is Jamie's second plus yeah. one <laughs> and you know also married to Rupert so anyways I just um I love that but you you tell me what you thought oh I was no say. I that I saw something I uh, see. I didn't think about that during that conversation because I was focused on something else. There's the conversation with Rebecca and Keely in the bathroom about how it's not really proper to, or how, how like we shouldn't be dating footballers because they're immature. What does Rebecca do in season two? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, her and, he's, her and Sam yeah, end up getting Sam together. Is different. Come yeah. on, you'd get together with Sam if you had an opportunity. I would. I really yeah, would. Yeah, we all would. We all would. <laughs> okay, he's Sam Obasanya. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sam is a little different in that sense. He's not, he's he's not more nearly mature. as... He's very much more mature than any other footballer yeah. that we meet yep. throughout. Because wasn't... Isn't he younger than Jamie? Oh, yeah. He was 22 in season two or something like that. He was, he was very young. Actually, I don't even think he's 22. I think he's like, cause he just turned 20. Didn't he? For I his don't birthday? know. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's a significant age difference, but I mean, sure. but I mean, again too, well, you know, <laughs> that's why it made me laugh when she, when Keely calls herself Leo DiCaprio, because that's exactly what Keely, that's what Rebecca does in the next season. She right. dates somebody significantly younger than her. Yeah. But at least he had a higher emotional IQ. Well, not only that, but when you think about it, like it makes, it makes Sam seem even more intelligent and successful to realize that in season one, he just turned 20 in season two, he opens his own restaurant. Season three. No, he does it in season two because remember the guy from the other guy comes over to try and poach him and he does it by visiting his restaurant. Oh, no. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe oh, season yeah. three. that's season. That's end of season two, beginning of season three, maybe. But yeah. So I forgot about Dunstan. Yeah, oh, Dunstan. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Oh. I can never remember his name, oh. but he's Dunstan. That's good. <laughs> from New Girl. From New Girl. Yeah. Um, yeah I can't remember. I can't remember his his character name in the show. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but again, like whether it's 21 or 22, he is the owner of a restaurant, yeah. which shows his maturity and success mm -hmm. at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it shows his maturity 
also when he chooses not to go on this new super team. Yeah. Also, you know, also very yeah. true. I was so scared of the direction that they were going to go in with that. I was, I was yeah, so scared. I, I was really thankful that they didn't, like, no! that they um, didn't go anywhere. Let's see. What else do I have? Um, I will say too. It's oh, doesn't beard end up with this girl. Oh yeah. This is who he marries. This is who he ultimately ends up with. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's what They're I thought. They're off and on. I think yeah. quite a few times throughout this right. because their relationship is very weird. Well, it's unbelievably toxic, but they're, for they're, it's healthy toxic. They're both <laughs> incredibly weird people. Yeah, I know. She's well, just as weird as he is. She is. And <laughs> he, I mean, we'll say this in quotes later, but I just loved it when Ted's like, you put the game for the dame again, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really like to that moment, like I said, that emotionality of that, of seeing that moment with Ted approaching Rebecca outside of the, the, the event to kind of comfort her. Um, we're going to see the opposite of that happen very soon. Yeah. Like really soon. I think like within like the next two or three episodes, we're going to see Rebecca comes to Ted's aid. I bet you it's going to be in two episodes because the next episode is when, uh, Ted realizes his marriage is over. And I think at the end he receives that receives the divorce papers. If not at the end of this episode, it's the next episode because that's when he starts having the panic attacks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shortly after he starts having right. those panic attacks. Right. I think you're right. I think it might be within the next two episodes. We're going to see the reciprocation of that. And it's, and, yeah, that's when um, we get the breakthrough with Rebecca is right there is when that, I think she decides, okay, I got to change up my game here a little bit. Well, not only that, but like, that's the moment where like, we're starting to come around to Rebecca at this point. But mm -hmm. I think that's the moment we were like, yeah, we're in like, we, we love yeah. Rebecca. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's the moment. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see. Oh yeah, that's right. Two episodes. We're also going to meet another new character. <laughs> Uh, who sticks around is we get to meet Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas. Football is life. Oh my gosh, I love him so much. It is weird. Actually, now that you mention it, he's not there. And that's weird. Yeah. Um, three episodes is when we're going to get that moment with Ted and Rebecca. Okay. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah, so we knew it was coming. Yeah, it's when they, it's when they go to Liverpool uh, to play. Um, Home of the and, and I won't mention her now, but we also get to meet another great new character in that episode too. Rebecca's it, friend. Rebecca's friend. Yeah. Which I I love her so much. Yeah. She, Faffy. Paffy. Sassy. Faffy. Sassy. I, I Sassy. was almost there. Yeah. We get to meet Sassy, who I was shipping Ted and Sassy so hard, and we we get a little bit of it, but I, I really I honestly I like Ted alone. Well, because because I think Ted had a lot of things he needed to work out for himself. Yeah, but I think that he just works better alone. He has a kid. The kid fills that emotional need. I mean, you know, it's just like women. Women, women and men, some of them are just better alone. Okay. Fair enough. He is a coach. He is a pseudo father to all these really young kids. Like his life is super full without having to have a marriage and family and da 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 da. Like some people, they just work better that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I mean you're right. Maybe Ted just worked better by himself. Yeah. Yeah, for the for the most part. Um, 
But oh, yeah, other- he worked very well with Sassy. I, I just I loved him with Sassy. I just yeah. I, I just loved that Sassy just kind of brought out some But that's also a perfect relationship, the fly in, fly out kind of relationship that Ted Ted Lasso needs. I I know we're not there yet, but it's 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 one of my favorite it, it's it's kind of getting a little bit ahead, but we're in spoilers, so I could talk about it now. It's one of probably my favorite moments, I think from one of the funniest moments of the entire series, and it happens in season one, is when Ted meets Sassy's daughter in Rebecca's office and he looks at Sassy. He's like, is, is she? And she's like, Ted, we were together one time and it was a couple weeks ago. Plus the way you finished, I don't think you're in there. It's like, Oh no, that never mind. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of cuts the conversation off like right then and there. And I'm like, Oh God, like it's so fun. Oh yeah. I I love Sassy. So we're going to meet Sassy again. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, The and then we thing- have Higgins's love for music coming up, you know, in the yeah. background a little bit, which, you know, that's one of my favorite, favorite parts. It's the Amsterdam episode again, um, which is my favorite episode in season three. But we really get to see in season three in the Amsterdam episode where Higgins is, you know, we get to see how deep he loves music. So yeah. it's nice to see just a little flicker of that in this in this episode in season one. And again, like it just it goes to like how multifaceted every single character in this series is. Yeah. They were ready to go from Rebecca and Ted down to Higgins and, you know, and Nate, like every single character is, is, is multifaceted. Um, The only other thing I think I really have in, as far as spoiler goes is during the conversation with Jamie and Roy, uh, we hear Jamie tell Roy about the poster. That he had hanging on his wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then we see it later. <laughs> <laughs> we see it later, as well as another poster. Yes, we are going to see many things later. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> that doesn't happen till season three. Uh, but we will eventually see that poster. It's because be great. he tells Jamie, he tells Roy, I used to have a poster of you hanging on my wall. And we find out it's still there. It's not a used to. He he never took he never took it down, which I think is I I think is oddly very sweet. Oh, it's Jamie Tart. He's a little boy. Yeah, he's a little boy that just wants to be loved. That (laughs) underneath all of that horribleness, and that's what gets me through this early Jamie Tart. To 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 be quite honest, is that I I know. Okay, this just an act. He's fine. He's Jamie Tart. We love him. We love him. We know who Jamie is going to become. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, it doesn't take too long. We kind of, we we remain with this Jamie through season one mm. until maybe the end of season one. Mm-hmm. When we, we start to see a little bit of a breakthrough in Jamie. And then he has to leave. Yeah. Which sucks because yeah. then we. Like, that was the it. major breakthrough with him too. He became a team member. Okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go back. Let's get out of this. Okay. So to everybody back, uh, you're, you're back now. We're going to go over some of our favorite quotes. You're back now. <laughs> everybody back. You're back now. Thank that you, Captain Obvious. Amazing podcasting right there. Sorry. I, I, <laughs> I panicked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote from to somewhere everybody back now that. you're back now <laughs> you back now i cowered like rebecca um 
Um, Quotes. Quotes. Thank you. I yep. lost myself. Uh, I'll start since you can't talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. I like my locker rooms like I left my mother's bathing suits. I only want to see them in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of touched on this one a little bit earlier, but coach, tell these boys what the first rule of Fight Club is. No Fight Club. Uh, Roy Kent. No, no. <clears throat> fuck you. Fuck no. No, no. Fuck off. No. <laughs> Walking through the red carpet line. Just doesn't give a shit about his picture being taken. <clears throat> uh, when I was 15, I was an understudy for Anita. Coach Beard looks at him. It was an all-boys school. And Ted replies, peered yet another juicy layer off the Nathan Onion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jamie Tart, if his brain was on fire, I wouldn't piss in his ear. <laughs> as big of a dick as Jamie is, that is a great line. <laughs> it's a great line. Uh, Ted, to, Ted to Higgins. And Rebecca is thankful for all your hard work. Thank you, Ted. I like how he thanks Ted instead of thanking <laughs> Thank Rebecca. You, um, this was my favorite line, I think, of the episode. Um, and it's it's a serious one. But it's Rebecca, and she says, I was married to a man for 12 years who never once took responsibility for a single one of them. Oof. That's a, it's a harsh line and a harsh reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what made uh, Keeley say, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, you? Um, I don't really have many others. I have the other one, though. We kind of made mention of it earlier, um, uh, with Rebecca to Ted. So what should I make fun of myself about? Oh. And then Ted just kind of like fumbling with it. And Rebecca saying, you're not going to walk into that. Are you, Ted? He's like, nope. no, ma'am. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope um, I had one more, but I said it during quote, uh, said it during spoiler talk, but it was, you put the game before the dame again, didn't you? <laughs> because they're playing that mental game of chess <laughs> and he just couldn't let it go so they could party. Yeah. And she just, all she wanted to do was like go to the party and he's like, mm, I'm good right where I am, baby. Yep. Let's play chess. <laughs> So many great quotable lines. Yeah, about. that was my last one, though. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have. <clears throat> oh, um, and the only other one I have, we kind of mentioned, <laughs> uh, yet another reason why shirts were invented. <laughs> that soup, that whole soup sequence. Oh, my gosh, what a dumbass. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have this one written down, too. I don't have this one written down, but I can kind of paraphrase it a little bit. When they're telling Jamie, like, you realize if she bids over 300 pounds, you have to fuck her. <laughs> Is is that real? And Keely's like, no, no, but you do gotta play a little bit. Finger stuff. Oh God. <laughs> you know, Dave and I always say that it is the crassest, most wholesome show yeah. <laughs> that you ever can't let your kids watch. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the most wholesome show, but dear Lord, is it crass? Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent agree. Uh, so that brings us then to the feedback portion of the podcast. I'm seeing if we have any more quotes that I forgot. That you forgot about? Okay, I got one. Uh, it says, Ted Lasso, you know how they say that youth is wasted on the young? Well, I say, don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you. I just came up with that. Feel pretty good about it. <laughs> that's, a, that's another good one, too. That's a really good one. <laughs> Tell me what the biggest issue you've got with each other. Go. He's a piece of shit. If his brain was on fire, I wouldn't piss in his ear. 
<laughs> oh, so good. Okay. That was from uh, IMDb. I had to just get one more look real quick. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, that Ted Lasso one was a good one too. Cause I, uh, I thought about that before. All right. So that brings us to the feedback section of the podcast in which we have a couple, which is great. A couple came in for, you know, write-ins as well as a couple pieces of voicemail, which are great as well. Uh, So yeah, I always highly encourage you guys to leave us the feedback for the episodes because we love talking about it and we love reading it and listening to it. Yep. Uh, So that said, why don't you, let's go through the written feedback first and why don't you kick us off with the first one? Matthew Rimmer says, Keely is the best thing about the show at this point. The character has chemistry with everyone. Great performance from Juno Temple. Yeah. She's great character. Ted Lasso is still the best thing about the show. But yes, Keely is wonderful. Keely, Keely's up there, too. Uh, Mary Patricia Argio. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, this is one of my go-to rewatch episodes. First rule of Fight Club, no Fight Club. Uh, down boy, find a treat. Eh? I don't remember that line. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Uh, when was that? What, what, where was that in the, that was when they, that he started making out with her and she said, no, sir. <laughs> but, After he, took Oh, yeah. Oh, that down, but yep. I got yep. it. Yep. Remember it very well now. Uh, um, uh, put your hand on your hip and make a claw, make like a claw shape. Uh, cam somebody, <laughs> so many great lines. Uh, Lindsay Schlitt. Hello, Lindsay says, I love this episode so much. Definitely a standout for me. It's when we finally start to see the real Rebecca. And as one of my favorite characters, I am so glad because wow, has it been weird to be reminded of what a shit she was in the beginning. I agree. <laughs> I loved finally seeing that building connection between Rebecca and Ted. I've been waiting for that. I also love seeing the friendship between Rebecca and Keely developing as well. Their friendship is my favorite of the series. Just another episode that that grinned like an idiot throughout the entire thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is I. This is already. I think this is one of my favorite episodes of season one. Um. Well, I'll be. I'll see because it's been a while since I rewatched season one. So we'll find out as we go through. Uh, Penny Lennox. Uh, we could not have known how meaningful that suit would become. Uh, I'm very confused about Rupert. He acts like a spoiled, always been rich kind of guy. Calls himself a ne'er do well. Uh, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but in season three, Rebecca tells the story about Rebecca as a poor child. Rupert as a poor child. What did I say? Rebecca. Rebecca tells the story about Rupert as a poor child. Isn't that what I said? No, but that's okay. Oh, Just sorry. keep going. <laughs> uh, what is his story? How did he get so rich? Is it crime? Is he a movie star? Bruce Wayne? Uh, it is such a head trip to watch this episode and see Anthony Head as a villain again. Since I'm rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now, his Buffy character is this mild-mannered librarian father figure, also named Rupert. It's weird. I didn't think about that. He's Rupert Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's true. A young, a much younger version. Much younger version. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll promote this a little bit more during it. But Penny is part of Podcastica, and they're rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now. Um, so that brings us then to the voicemails that we have. Uh, one, of course, is from our friend Steve Brown. But I'm very excited because our friend Jason finally sent us a voicemail for Ted. Oh, cool. Uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll play that one first. Hey, Ben and Kristen. This is Jason in San Jose giving feedback for Ted Lasso. Episode for the children. 
during the revisited podcast talking about lost, I think that I had mentioned that I had watched Ted Lasso a couple of times season three. I'm excited to be rewatching for the first time, but seasons one and two I've watched, I think three times each. And I'm really excited to be joining you on this journey. I've been really busy over the past few weeks, both working on my own podcast as well as taking a vacation and camping and finally able to provide some feedback. Hopefully I get this in before the deadline. Anyway, for this feedback, I'm not going to get too much into details about the episodes, but have been really, really enjoying it. And yes, the Trent Krim episode was one of my favorites from season one. And with For the Children, I really, really love this episode, and especially seeing the softer side of Rebecca. And speaking of Rebecca, it is Hannah Waddingham, not Hannah Waddington. And to quote her character from Game of Thrones, Septa Unella. Shame. 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 <laughs> anyway, I really wanted to throw that in there. But yeah, I love this episode. And the great callback of having the street musician come and jam. Really, really love that song. I really appreciate you guys covering this show. And there are a few other shows that I've really loved over the past few years for a sense of peace and relief that hit on comedy and social issues with such an upbeat manner. Ted Lasso is up at the top, but I've also been watching Our Flag Means Death, which is a great pirate show, and uh, Reservation Dogs. Both of those are co-produced by Taika Watiti. And very, very wonderful. And I love how all three of these shows really focus on non-toxic masculinity and being able to talk through problems. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this feedback and say, yeah, I'm really glad you're covering the show. And this has been Jason in San Jose saying, namaste, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That. Right there was amazing. Namaste, baby. That was, yeah, I have no words. Yeah, that was perfect. That was beautiful. Thank you, Jason. Nice to hear from you. Other than me hanging my head in shame because of pronouncing Hannah's last name improperly. That's okay. Sorry, Hannah. We know you're listening. We apologize. (laughs) (laughs) And I have not watched Reservation Dogs, but our flag means death is fantastic. Okay. I I love that show so much. It I is love Taika Waititi. It is basically a Taika Waititi scripted LGBTQ plus pirate series. <laughs> then I have to see it. It is, and Taika plays Blackbeard the pirate. Is it who, appropriate for a twelve-year-old? Let me get back to you on that one. Okay. I got to I got to put some thought into that. Right. But Taika plays Blackbeard the pirate who is in a homosexual relationship with another pirate. Beautiful. Yeah, it's it's I love it. It's it's Reese Darby is fantastic. The whole cast is fantastic. Um so that's I highly recommend that one as well. Uh but yeah, Jason, great to hear from you. So hopefully we'll we'll get more of that as we go forward. Uh and then of course, we have the voicemail from our friend Steve Brown. So let's play that now. 
Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is going to be for Ted Lasso uh, Season 1, Episode 4, For the Children. <laughs> What's the first rule of my fight club? No fight club. <laughs> so good. He takes Nate to the dinner. I forgot about that. Oh, that's sad. So he's on the phone, leaving a message to his wife, and he starts to say, I love you, but then he changes it to, I miss you. Oh, oh Sam is so sweet trying to learn all the photographers' names. That's great. Uh, Keely's great supporting Rebecca the way she just did. She's so fit. <laughs> this is the first time we've seen Jane, right? And the whole chest thing with beard. I love how this is going to be a running thing throughout the series. Oh, what a jerk, Rupert. You just took that guy's glass of champagne and ew. Oh, and another pre-COVID ew moment that <laughs> Nate took that drink, spit it back in, and that guy just took it away like he's going to drink it. Oh, Oh, Rebecca just said for the children and Rupert said it back to her for the children. Title of the episode, mic drop. <laughs> oh, Ted is so he figures out Rupert so quickly because he puts that beard down. He's like, I need something stronger uh, than, <laughs> than this. I need a, a double and a single jack on the rocks. This is a triple. <laughs> wow, I'm really moved by uh, this speech here and what he is giving to Ted. Wow, see, Rebecca, you can just see how hurt and, uh, oh, well. Sure, hug. Oh, and so apparently, uh, what Ted said worked, and Roy and Jamie are starting to work things out. Maybe, <laughs> definitely pre-COVID. Just another another example. Keely taking uh, Rebecca's drink and eating the olives and taking the drink. Yeah, when Keely just just bit on Roy and she flipped off Jamie. Yeah, we're seeing this relationship going downhill. It is Rupert's million pounds for the children again? Mic drop. <laughs> I love it. Keely breaks up with Jamie, and then she's like, can I take these? Can I take two <laughs> champagne bottles? All right, on to next week. Uh, thank you, Steve. I, I don't. You can't see us anymore because we don't do video, but it, it's fun that every time we sense you're about to do your mic drop, Kristen and I both mimic it on video. <laughs> we both mimic the mic drop for you as you say it. We do. Uh, we didn't mention to the end of this episode is Keely and Rebecca riding off on that rimshaw. Oh, yeah, I mentioned it, but yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I must not have been paying attention. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, thank you guys, obviously, for the great feedback. We encourage you guys to do so. Uh, easiest ways to do that are just go to the website, revisitedpod.com. You can find links there for everything, how to subscribe, how to listen, how to leave feedback, or you can always email us directly, uh, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Send it to us in an email, record yourself in a voicemail, and send it to us that way. Um, as far as feedback, in two weeks, I am actually away working a show in Rhode Island. Uh, so Chris and I are actually recording two episodes back-to-back Next week, we're recording for episodes five and episode six. Uh, so if you're going to send us feedback, which we, again, highly encourage you guys to do, uh, you can send us feedback for the next two episodes over the course of the week. Um, just do us a favor and send them separately. So if you're going to send a voicemail for five and a voicemail for six, send it in two separate voicemails. If you're going to uh, post on Facebook when we post the the feed for them, uh, do two separate postings and we'll split them up and, and organize them per show. Uh, but we're going to try and get a little bit of head so that we don't a little bit uh, ahead so that we don't miss anything while I'm away uh, for the week so that you'll still get a new episode while I'm away that week. So feedback for five and six as we, uh, as we go forward. Uh, any recommendations for the week before we move on? 
And we wrap things up. I recommend turning off your phone for an entire day. Which you did yesterday. I did yesterday. And that was the single best thing I have done for my mental health in months. Fair I enough. can't even tell you how badly I needed to just turn off my phone. I turned it off. I put it away. And I didn't turn it back on until this morning. And it was this beautiful release of... I, I, I don't even know what it was. Like, I just needed to be unavailable yesterday. Okay. And yeah. so you turned it on this morning and had like seven text messages for me. Just from you. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> my phone went nuts at the beginning, but that reminded me, but it was such a reminder of how available we make ourselves out to be at all times Yeah, and turning it off and seeing, and when it turned back on, seeing the just ding, 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 like reminded me, this is why we all, we all feel crazy all the time, you know? So that's my recommendation for the week. Okay. Just do it, do it once, just do it once and see if you don't feel better at the end of that day. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I have two, if that's all right. Yeah. I kind of shared in, in Jason's, you know, our flag beans death, but I have two show recommendations. Um, one of them is, is a returning show for the third season, which is a show I've really enjoyed. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm loving that it's back. Cause it kind of popped back up unexpectedly. Mm. I didn't see any promotion for the third season. It just kind of appeared. Mm. Uh, and that is a show on Amazon called upload. Um, I, I was I became a fan of the show because one I'm friends with one of the actors that is on it and then I've actually moderated for the lead actor that is on the show. Um, it's basically a show about like how if you're dying or if you're in a car accident rather than die you can upload your consciousness onto a server <laughs> and you can live in like heaven is basically a server. Ross Geller promotes that idea to Janine. In friends. That's true. That's right. But you can also, but because your consciousness is on a server, you can still connect with your loved ones. Like you can still talk. They just, you just not are physically in, in the same spot anymore because it's like the oasis. Yeah. 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 Sort of. It actually is. It's just, it's an afterlife oasis. Uh, The other show is a relatively new show. There's only four episodes out so far, but it is a show that, I gave my three episodes and by episode two, I was like, yeah, like I'm really into this. It's an NBC show called the irrational. Uh, and it stars Jesse L. Martin from rent and the flash and, and a bunch of other things. Uh, he is basically, it is a, it's another like hour long serial procedural, but he is a behavioral specialist at a college in DC who uses that to help the FBI in crime. Ooh, and it is, I want to see that. It is so good because I'm learning so much about behavior just in watching. You should watch series. Criminal Minds. I know you've been recommending that to me for a while. It's one of my all-time favorite television shows. I hey, I I know I'll get to it eventually. It's just it's yeah, a lot. There's to catch 14 up on. seasons. Yeah, it's it's a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yep. But it's so good. It's so good. So, uh, but yeah, it's called The Irrational on NBC, and it's 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 very early on. There's only four episodes, so it's still very easy to kind of catch up on and, and yeah. get into. Nice. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna look it up. 
But uh, that's kind of all I have. Any final notes before we get out? Nope. Turn off your phone. All right. After you're, after you're done listening to the podcast, turn off your phone. Yeah, no, don't do it now. Yeah, don't do it right now. Turn it off when we're done. Namaste, um, baby. <laughs> I, I kind of want to steal that to end the podcast now, but that's Jason's thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that to him. We can hopes- just make him a button. And I could, I could make yep. it a button. Hey, we had Jack just sucks from Steve for a uh, while. Jack does suck. I'm doing uh, my my re 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 rewatch with my kids. Jack still kids. sucks. Don't worry, everybody. Jack still sucks. <laughs> um. So, uh, cool. With that being said, again, leave us feedback for the next two episodes so that we don't miss anything out on the week. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys. Oh shit! Sorry. Before we go. <laughs> Sorry, I mentioned it and I want to make sure we do it. Now I want to promote Podcastica a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Real quick, go over to podcastica.com. There's a ton of great fe- um a ton of great programming over there as well. We mentioned Penny covering uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now. Paik and Rima are currently covering Fall of the House of Usher, which is the new Mike Flanagan series on Netflix, which I hear is phenomenal. Well, it's a po it- Fall of the it's Houses. Ed- of Usher's Edgar Allan Poe. It's Edgar so, Allan Poe. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're already as, working with really good source material. And I think they're covering Great British Bake Off again right now, too, which is currently in the new season. We haven't seen that yet. I have a Great British Bake Off fantasy league I'm in, which is. I watch it just to feel good about myself, to, to well, be quite honest. No, that's that's how it happens. That's what happens. Um Jason and I believe it was Lucy just finished their coverage of Daryl Dixon, Walking Dead Daryl Dixon. Oh, is that over now? You guys just finished up with Ahsoka. Yes, we did. Not too long ago. uh, How Wheel of Time just wrapped up. So there's a number of shows wrapping up, but that just means more content is coming. So Mm -hmm. podcastica.com, go over there, check it out. There's something for everybody. Now, with that being said, thank you guys as always for listening. Thank you for uh, following along, leaving feedback, all that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys out on the pitch. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>